Welcome to the ITSM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for worldwide ITSM professionals. Learn more at theitsmreview.com. Welcome to the ITSM Review Podcast, the first one of 2015. I can't count anymore, I've lost track of which one this is, it's about 10 I think. Um, Rebecca, how are you? I'm fine, thank you Barclay and yourself, how are you? This uh, wonderful Christmas period is now over, so uh, you must be happy. Yes, I'm always very, very grumpy at Christmas. Bar humbug. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was the original, you know, I was in line for the Grinch. I just had a vision acting. of you painted green then. It, it, it wasn't so pleasant, actually. <laughs> well, if, if you stay up all night at a conference about five or six in the morning, <laughs> you'll see me looking like that. Um, yes, very pleased to be moving on into the new year. Looking forward to lots of new stuff coming on. I mean, I, I've kind of, I'm worn out with all the uh, the usual reviews of 2014 predictions for 2015 um, I don't know about you but I, you know stuff happened last year stuff happened will hap- will happen this year yeah some things never but, change yeah you know um, life is tough then you die um, <laughs> you know it just kind of goes in those like kind of like does anybody ever check the predictions I know Rob England does but does anybody ever actually else actually go back and say Oh, this this piece of marketing bluster that we got last year at this time said these things these would be the top te- trends in 2015. I don't know, Barkley. Maybe maybe this should be your task for the next couple of weeks to go through everything that was predicted next year and then look uh, at what what was you know what actually happened and what didn't happen. I've got some other things like pulling out all my fingernails <laughs> that anaesthetic first that I'm planning to do. So. Um, <laughs> Maybe that one will have to wait. Um, so today, we're, we're it's that time of year where it's a bit of a quiet news time, so there's not really an awful lot going on. Um, I suppose just in terms of 2015, I'm really looking forward to hopefully, you know, some some new stuff, some some interesting new stuff, and you know, particularly the centre of the industry. And we've talked about this before, what our friends at Axelos might do, and where the whole business of ITIL may go, and so on. Um, because I, I do think there's a whole, there's a lot going on in different pockets of the industry, and um, you know sometimes that can get a little bit dissipated, dissolved, dispersed, whatever you want to say. Uh, it'd be nice to have something central that, that starts to pull it all together. But um, hopefully we'll see some of that in 2015. Certainly there's plenty of uh, the usual round of conferences and stuff that will happen. Um, mm-hmm. To uh, to discuss it, and looking forward to all of that. Have you, are you lined up to uh, to do the conference circuit this year? Well, my role has slightly really? changed this year, so um, I imagine I will be uh, attending less conferences. So I believe that we might be actually having a stand at sits this year, which will be the it will be the first year that we'll have had a physical presence I suppose instead of just floating around Um, so that would be quite interesting because it'd be nice to you know have people come up to us and so that we can speak to people and find out um, you know what their concerns are and um, you know what what their difficulties are so that so that will be nice I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Will your badge say Gobby Midget or? or well of well? course it will Barclay because nobody knows what my name is. Yeah exactly uh, that's that's fine Sally. Um, okay <laughs> It's time to introduce our guest um, today, and uh, it's Mr. Clive Davy. Uh, Clive, welcome. Good morning, Barclay. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's 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 our it's our um, our pleasure to to welcome you, and and I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Um, Clive is, is service level manager. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. 
at, at a leading uh, financial services organization, large leading in, in the UK. Um, and uh, we know each other from the, and here's, I'll just hold on where I paraphrase this, the ITSMF UK SLM SIG, or the ITSMF UK Service Level Management Special Interest Group, um, at which you have presented a couple of times and really some fascinating stuff, um, I have to say. And so hopefully we'll be discussing that in, in the next sort of 20 minutes or so. Um, Clive, t tell us a little bit about you, about your, your journey, your backstory, um, a little bit about, you know, your how you've got to be where you are in terms of service level manager and the sort of other roles that you've had in IT, um, just briefly. Yeah, sure. Um, I've worked for large corporate organizations and outsourcing companies. Um, I've been in service management for many years, probably too many years to mention, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. uh, I've, I've got a lot of experience and knowledge across the service management disciplines. Um, and the key thing for me with services is always keeping the customer at the forefront of your mind when you're transforming service, because that's the outcome that IT needs to achieve to make sure we, we get the right outcomes for the business. In the last three years, I've been working more on implementing, implementing enablers that provides IT with the ability to clearly understand how IT services underpin the business and its customers as well. So it's not just our business colleagues, but our customers as well. And to vastly improve the way we engage with the business on IT service. Any questions on that? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's exactly the sort of stuff that, um, you know, I think is really relevant for practitioners and, and, you know, obviously part of the discussion we've just discussions we've been having in the SLM group. I think, you know, that point about translating the, you know, thinking of the customer first, you know, and particularly applying that to service level management, it, it, it can't be stressed enough. I don't think that, you know, that what that really means because I, I still go into loads of organizations and they're talking about service level management, but they're actually not talking about agreement or, or discussion or, you know, it's, it's all about what they think. It's all the inside out stuff. It's all about here's our IT view of the world. And I mean, is that, what, would that be, you know, the way it was in your organization before and, and have you moved moved it forward from that? Yeah, very much so, very much so. Um, probably about three, last three to four years, we've just, we had, we've, we've, we've had a vision um, and we've been working on that vision and, and implementing that. And now we're, we're just back there now. And it is just totally, looking at things totally differently. It's actually talking in business language. It's about not going to the business and talking in IT service levels and, and percentage availability because it means absolutely nothing to the business and all you get is blank faces from them. Um, what you need to understand is what your IT services are underpinning, which business processes are they underpinning, and then to then work out the kind of metrics that are in business language. And that depends on the, obviously the organization you're working for. In the organisation that I'm currently working for, um, it's very much about lost revenue and also number of external customers impacted. That, that's very much on the external side of things, on how we how we sell our products to our to our customers, etc. But also, we also have currencies, as I term them, which are also uh, capturing number of hours lost of full-time equivalents in the business. And so, that if they're twiddling their thumbs, we can work out how many hours they have been not able to work, and we can also translate that into a cost as well. So we've got, at the moment we have four main currencies really, uh, the four I just mentioned, and this is really now starting to enable us to actually engage with the business a lot more now because we're understanding how well or how well we're not underpinning the business process. 
Okay, that I mean, just just taking that, just run that by me again. The, the, so you've got four currencies that you, and then that by that you mean a shared goal or a shared sort of language about a goal that you have with the business. Is that is that right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the currencies are in what the business would, would use them themselves. So they know how much revenue they're, they're expecting to uh, obtain from products that are selling uh, and add uh, individual products. But also, if, for instance, we've got a contact center servicing customers or we've got the web online services where customers are obviously interacting directly, if our services go down or, or go unavailable, we, we can we can actually then calculate the actual impact on the business, whether the revenue loss or the number of external customers impacted, which is not good for brand, um, or internally on a contact center, we can also then work out the actual hours loss and the cost of that as well. Now, when you start to talk to the business in that kind of language, they now start to get to the understanding, they actually understand their business, and it's really helped us now to engage with the business much more effectively now. Can, can I just ask a question, Clive? So, uh, I mean, I, I've worked for companies before where, like you say, you've, you've begun with the vision and that, that's brilliant because, you know, you can't do anything without having that vision. But I think then um, a lot of companies, they get kind of a bit lost where to go next. Did you have any, any particular help um, from external sources or um, did you bring people in specifically to help you achieve that vision? No, we didn't. Um... There was there was there was three of us actually that really worked together on the vision and the strategy. Um, within the organisation, one of the key enablers is, is your configuration management database, um, and we knew that was key. Um, we'd, the thing we that's where we put a lot of focus of our work is in is in improving that the way we our IT services are mapped within the, uh, the CMDB, mm-hmm. um, and then also to so that we understand all the components that make up those IT services, because that got us to the first stage there, where we could actually do some really good IT reporting. That was that when we were in front of the business, they actually felt that was how it, they'd experienced it. But yeah. It was still in still in IT language. But the, the next stage we knew where we needed to go after that was to actually then get the business processes captured, and and that's what we've done more recently and loaded up into the CMDB. And so we we knew what we needed to do, we had the right tools in place and we had the skills in place within the organisation as well. So we were able to actually do it ourselves. And I have shown this to some external companies and they've been absolutely amazed at, at what we've achieved. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see why they would be because, you know, you have, like I said before, you have the vision, but then it's the next step, isn't it? It, it can be very daunting, I think, for a lot of companies to know where to go next. Yeah, and I think one of the key things that was a challenge for us was was having enough resource to actually implement it. Yeah. Um, the senior manager I was working for at the time, he, he was part of the vision and strategy, and he believed in it, and he he created that capacity for me mm. and, and a few others to actually drive that forward. Yeah, oh, that's good. I think I think it's difficult, isn't it, as well, to um, lots of companies that they want to achieve things, but then they just want to use the people that they already have that are already doing full-time jobs and they're kind of trying to shoehorn it in to other do do you see what I mean into people's roles and expect them to be able to miraculously create this this strategy and then on top of everything else that they're doing as well so you definitely say that you need to have that additional capacity to be able to run with it absolutely because I think we could achieve this in in half the time I think if we'd have had much more permanent people focused on 
solely doing this piece of work. Okay, that's interesting. So, so, the, so the, I mean, I'm just really interested in the in the, the two sides of this. There's that practical side about how you get it done in the organisation, and you know, for for me, it's it's always a challenge. You never really know until you go to an organisation what the if you like the culture is from you know the management and the leadership in the organisation as to how much how seriously they would take these things and how much they would invest in them or, or, mm. or support them. I mean, what, what would be your tip in, in terms of how to how to get this going? Do you have to do a, a certain amount of work and then sort of demonstrate what it's doing, or is it good just to get started and just dive into it and, and develop it as you go? I think it's key that you, you, that you get support from senior people in the organisation. Um, I think the key the way to do that is to... to be able to demonstrate to them the value of what they're going to get from this. Um, so I have done a lot of communications and presentations to various people uh, within the organisation. It's not too difficult to sell the actual benefits because if you if you if you say we're going to actually deliver something, it's actually going to be able to talk in business language, and we're going to understand the understand the impact of the business. That is something that catches catches people's attention straight away. Um, did we have it fully across the organisation or forehead? No, we didn't. But we we had some key stakeholders that believed in us and said we need to make this happen because we can see the value that's going to have for, from it. And I mean if, if, if we were talking to you know let's say we, we were actually talking to people from the business side what what kind of feedback are you getting what would they say to us about what it's actually done have you had feedback from the business to say you know that, that it's in what way it's helped them or added value to them that's the stage we're now actually in now because what we're just about finishing now is the also the cost transparency. So yeah. we actually understand um, the cost of variety services as well, and we can actually using the business processes, we can actually apportion those costs across the business teams and, and depending on which IT services they're using. So we're now starting to get information coming through um, where we can see the cost of IT service and we can put that in front of the business. We can also see how well those services are performing uh, in business language as well. And when you start to see the cost versus the performance of the IT services in the business language, it actually gives the business a lot of information on how much value the IT services are providing to the business. And then they can get a balance to say, well, actually, do I need to spend quite so much money on this IT service going down that a bit because I still think I can get the value I need from it to underpin the business processes or they may want to actually invest more money in an IT service because they know they're going to get more value from it and because this information is now becoming available to them the, the, it's, make, it's starting to allow us now to engage with business and start to work with them to make informed decisions on where best to get the where best to invest the money to get the best return on investment. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's absolutely the for me. Absolutely, the goal of, of all of this is 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 real business differentiation of services. You know, you can look at the cost of the total cost of IT and, and in terms of people and, and technology, but actually being able to see where the value is and where the money needs to be spent, where, where it can be you know toned down. That 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 really is the absolute goal, as you say, improve decision making, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. What, what about within IT then? I mean, what, what has it done to, in terms of visibility or, or awareness or, or, you know, has it changed the way that the IT organisation has worked or, or viewed what it does? Absolutely has. Um, there's many service teams uh, within 
the organization who are now utilizing the business process data, for instance. So if we look at um, change management, uh, they're, they're, they're using the business process data now to understand that if they make a change to an IT service, they can see which business processes that IT service underpins. They can also see the impact of what potential, if that service was not to be available uh, within the, after the change window and becomes an outage an outage has occurred after the change window, they can actually see what the impact would be to the business, um, which allows them then to be able to assess changes in a much more effective way, understand the risk, uh, whether it's high risk or low risk, and, and actually talk to the business about that as well in their language. So that's one, one example of how this data is not just for engaging with the business, but actually IT teams can use it as well. Another one is uh, problem management. Um, problem management can look at incidents, they can see the cost of those incidents. Actually, when they then uh, collect all the incidents that make up one problem, um, they can see the total cost and the impact through there, which then starts to give them information as to whether perhaps they need some investment. They've actually got to start to be able to formulate a business case together to, to, to fix that issue, whatever that issue is, and actually see what return investment that, that would actually achieve. So there's two examples there, but there's more across the uh, across IT as well. We also understand that when we have an outage in an IT service, uh, we can see which supplier has caused that outage, and actually we can also then understand how much impact that supplier has had on our business, um, which is really key information to, to be able to use with them. So there's, there's three good examples there, and there are more. So it's helping you manage internally, but also starting now to reach out to the business and say, Look, here's here's where the value is. Here's, you know, here's how we can work together to make better decisions about investment. Uh, and you know that whole that whole thing about collaborate, you know, collaboration is the big word at the moment. Working more closely together rather than as separate entities. Mm. I think w w was it was it you that had said that your CIO had said that you are actually an IT business. Was was that you, Clive? Yeah, it was. Yes, absolutely. So. Very much seen now as the uh, as IT enabling the business now. Um, yeah. You know because there's these sorts of things that we're delivering now are really en enabling us to to work with as you say collaborate with the business much more closely now. So can I just ask a question? Um, because when we were at the ITSMF UK conference earlier in this year, there was one of the sessions that I attended. I'm really sorry, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking very much about moving away from you know, the IT business and the rest of the business it, back to being, you know, we are all the business. And how, how do you see that, Clive? Do you see your, yourself and IT as a separate entity from the business or do you see it, it all as all as one? For me, it has to be all, all one. You can't cannot do this separately. It needs to be really closely aligned um, and IT need to understand what they're underpinning within the, within the business they're supporting. If they don't do that and don't work closely like that, they will never be able to really understand how they best deliver IT service at all to the business. So, so do you I think mean, just just a case of the terminology then of when we say the business, which we are a part of, does it need to be called something else? Do you see do you see where I'm going with that? Because obviously you keep saying the business, the business, the business, like it's like it's a separate entity from the IT department. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm not sort of getting at you at all because lots of people do that. I'm just wondering whether the, the guy, when he said, you know, we need to stop treating the business as a different entity, whether actually people don't, it's just a terminology thing. I, I totally accept what you're saying there. Um, I'm, I'm using very much old terminology there, saying the business, because 
terminology we should be using now is our victims' colleagues, mm. because they are the people we're working closely with now to understand their requirements, but also our customers as well. We have customers that are external and they're really important to us, obviously, from, from our business point of view. And it is very much working closely with our business colleagues to understand how best we deliver service to them. Yeah. Brilliant. You know, because we do have this debate as well about, because it's not just about people in IT having the right approach, it's, it's people at, particularly at the board level, in on the business side of, or the non-IT side of things, um, watch my tech terminology there, um, <laughs> have, to, have to waken up to this as well, you know, and, the, and there's a lot to talk about, you know, the, the, the traditional director level who poo-poo's IT or goes, well, I, I don't understand this stuff. It's not, you know, we, we need more awareness there as well. I mean, were you were, were you fortunate in that, in the organization, that there was enough people who, who do get it, or did you have to kind of batter on doors and win them over with, you know, by presenting a more business-focused report or, or, or set of reports? I think um, across both the business and, and IT, I think you're always going to get some doubters um, you know, and we, I wouldn't say it was a perfect journey we went on because not everyone believed perhaps we could achieve this. I think it has shocked people that we have been able to achieve it. Some of the business people really got it straight away, uh, others perhaps couldn't see it so easily. But once you started to produce the information and put it in front of some of the business people, it's, it really started to show them that actually IT is now really working closely with them and wants to work closely with them to understand how they best provide service for our business colleagues and our customers. It sounds really positive, really strong. Could you just clarify, just sort of rounding off, Clive, just those those currency areas again, because they're really interesting. The because I think you talked before about sort of the PR impact, the external costs, the internal costs. What, you know, how how do you how do you sort of quantify them again? Because I think people might find that quite useful as a sort of starting point. I think what you need to do, first of all, is understand the products um, your organisation are actually uh, developing and, and delivering. It depends. I mean, it can be this can be applied to any organisation. Yeah. In, in the finance, in, in the financial organisation I'm currently working for, it's really clearly understanding the revenue costs, understanding what our business revenue ability is, but also then understanding that if we have an IT service outage, we also understand the impact of that revenue cost. So that's one of the currencies. Obviously, another really key currency is external customers impacted, and that's not good for brand. So if, for instance, uh, an external customer is using uh, a web online service uh, to, to purchase a product, um, if that service goes down, the chances are that person is not going to have, will not have had a good experience, and hence possibly won't even come back and, and buy a product going forward. So it's really important to understand that how many customers are actually using your IT services at any one time and the, the way we've achieved that is to be able to understand the business processes and the products and the activities for those products at that kind of level then understanding what is the cost of an average cost of the products and then depending on the number of times that product is sold and we do it in an hourly way as well so we can get the granularity so if it's a 24-hour IT web service for instance we know that three o'clock in the morning is going to be very few uh, products sold, but actually uh, in the afternoon or evening time, we know that the numbers are much higher, and we actually have that level of numbers that we can actually then much better understand the impact of the business at a certain time of day. So those are two key currencies, but also 
the other two key currencies, particularly internally within the organisation, is around whether IT service outage actually causes people within the organisation not to be able to work. So that's what we term as full-time equivalent hours lost. And also understanding the cost of that people resource and translating those hours into an actual lost cost as well. Those are the four key currencies currently used within, within the current organisation I'm working for. Um, but obviously it depends on the type of business you do as to what currencies are most appropriate for your business. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, non-profit or, or public organisations would have different currencies, but they would still have relevant metrics in terms of either loss of productive time, which you can turn into a number, or loss of available services. You know, if you're providing a public service, then, you know, you can make some stab at either a cost or, or some kind of way of calculating what the uh, what the impact of that is or, or how you would agree to calculate that. I mean, I think that's, for me, the big thing is that we can agree, as long as we can agree in what we're, what we what we think is an important calculation, it can be almost almost anything financial mm -hmm. services it makes sense to do it on on, on money obviously yeah um, but once you've mapped that on your on your actual services or products so do you have a kind of real-time monitor on that do you have some kind of dynamic view is, is that right some of the uh, web online services um, will have monitors web online services will have monitoring and tools um, and we and we are looking at potentially using actual uh, data a uh, number of times perhaps uh, a product is sold using the real time. At the moment we're using um, static type data, we work with the business and they believe that their numbers do not change that much considerably through the year, um, but if they do they will update that information for us to make sure that we do get the right information coming through. So it's, it's something we're starting to look at now uh, using actual data and there's no reason why we can't use that in some of the work we're already got available at the moment. And Clive, the um, the CMDB work that you did and the analytics that you're, that you're gathering, have you been able to do that through your normal service desk tool or have you needed to employ additional tools to be able to, to do that? No, we've done it through our normal, normal service desk tool. Okay. And is it, do you mind telling us what it is? It's uh, Access Assist. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So it's one of the higher end solutions then that, that has kind of, you know, a lot of analytical ability within it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's key to having that CMDB and having the relationships to all the components to IT services to then through to the business processes and all of that sits in that one CMDB. Okay. But I, I, as I understood, the actual monitoring or, or the, the analytics that was done externally, is that right? You, the CMDB is, is held in the tool, but the the reporting or the metrics part, um, I thought from one of your presentations before, was was done as as a as a bolt on on top of that by your own organisation. Yeah, so we did absolutely. We do actually do the reporting separate from the IT service tool. Um, it's, it's just using business objects and crystal reporting. Okay, so so it's something that people could you know as long as they've got the, the knowledge and the ability that's something that they could that they could do themselves absolutely and again we're, we've been very lucky that we've got some really good skills in the organization that's, that's enabled us to do that mm -hmm. um, and it's about pulling the data from the cmdb basically into a sql database and then and then doing the reporting from there and it, it's all online drill down it all builds uh, on a daily basis so you don't have to wait till the end of the month you can yeah. if you have any, any outage today you'll see it in the reporting tomorrow 
And is that available through the business as well? Yeah, absolutely. Available to everybody within, within the organisation. Okay, that's interesting. If I say so myself, it, it does look really good, easy to use. Um, and you can go right from the top of the business unit, drill down all through the business processes, right down to an IT service, right down into IT reporting. Uh, so you see the business reporting initially, and then as you drill down more through the business process, through the IT services, you actually see the IT reporting side of things as well. So you can go right from the top, right through to the bottom, just drill down all the way through. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, well, I mean, just rounding up, uh, Clive, that's all been really interesting. So, I mean, I, I mean, two things are striking me there is that one is that w when you break it into the individual components, it's it's stuff that we've been talking about and doing in various places. I, I suppose for some time, but it's really nice to hear an organisation that's kind of pulled it all together and yeah, definitely. You know, got, it, got it to that next level where it's accepted across IT and, and beyond and then, you know, to other business partners and, and is providing value by by doing that kind of service differentiating and, is, and you know, as you said at the start, understanding what the services are, what they do and then building on that. Sounds like there's still work in progress. I mean, what's what's just finally, what's the next stage in this, Clive, in terms of moving it to the next level again uh, going forward? So I think the key thing for 2015 is to really start embedding this now with the, with the business. Um, we've put all the names in place. We've done some level of work with the business. But now it's about really getting the value from it. And particularly now as we're starting to get the cost transparency of IT services coming through as well, we can explain to the business the costs that they're paying. And we can also see the performance of our IT services in their language as well. It now really, for 2015, it's, it's really looking at a value chain and understanding how, how well our IT services are adding value to the business. And if they're not, what, what informed decisions can the business make to make and to get the right return on investment? That's what 2015 is about now. Clive, just one more question. Sorry, did you have any issues from when you when you told IT that you were going to be doing this? Did any of them automatically think that this was going to be a recipe for outsourcing? No, I don't. I don't think so at all. I think the IT people could really see the value that it was going to help them to engage with the business. So no, not at all. Okay, well, that, I mean that's great. I mean obviously your your team could see their own value, and they they just wanted to prove to the business, I suppose, did they that that the value that they that they thought that they had. The IT service guys, particularly who've been involved in this development, have done a fantastic job, and you do need the right skills in the organisation. But they could really clearly see the value they were going to add by, by helping us to put the enables in place. Fantastic. Okay, well, I mean, it all sounds really um, interesting, and, and also, I suppose, from the point of view of the industry, it's, it's sort of you know, shining a bit of a light on, on this stuff and really identifying that you're getting value from it. it what would be great would be if you know you we could have another chat maybe and you know maybe this time next year or towards the end of 2015 to see what kind of further progress or value you might have got from this um, if that if that would work for you then we'll, we'll try and try and arrange it Absolutely, Paul. Okay, well, that, we'll look forward to that. I think we're going to wrap it up there before I actually explode. Um, <laughs> and we I have no video, it. so if you're going to do that, we do need to catch it on video. Yeah, I, I need to do that on live TV, I know. Yeah, absolutely. So just to say thanks very much, Clive, for, for joining us and for sharing your SLM stuff, fascinating stuff. Yes, thank you, Clive. Pleasure, thank you very much. Have a, have a very good 2015 and we'll sign off for now and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you very soon. Bye.